الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن عدة الشهور عند الله اثنى عشر شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والأرض منها أربعة حرم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صوموا عاشوراء وخالفوا اليهود صوموا يوما قبله أو يوما بعده أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected ulamai kiram, brothers and elders, this is a Mubarak month of Muharram. And this month, though not by name, but finds its mention in the Quran Sharif. This is the great good fortune of this month, that in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, that Allah Ta'ala has decreed four months as sacred. Minha arba'atun hurum. Out of the twelve months of the year, four are sacred. And Nabi Islam explained that the sacred months, one of the sacred months is Muharram. Zul Qa'da, Zul Hijjah, Muharram and Rajab. So when Nabi Islam is explaining that this is one of the sacred months which Allah Ta'ala is referring to in the Quran Sharif, so obviously this has some very special virtue, significance, position, status. And therefore we should be giving that due significance to it. In particular, the 10th of Muharram, which will be in a few days time, is a day that has very special virtue. And what is the virtue? The virtue is of fasting on this day when Nabi Sallallahu says that the one who fasts on the day of Ashura, then this will be the compensation for the sins of the past year. Now this is something that we hear for many many things. Month of Ramadan comes, we hear this the entire month of Ramadan. The 15th of Shaban even before that the special virtue of it was Allah Ta'ala frees more souls than the number of hair on the tribe of the, of the sheep of the tribe of Bani Kalb. And then we heard it in Ramadan. And then we heard it in Zul Hijjah of the special virtue of the ninth, the fasting on the day of Arafat, etc. And now we're hearing it again. And this will continue. So somebody might think that what is the issue here that repeatedly we keep getting these things about having our sins forgiven is this really something to be so engaged in all time so the manner to understand it is Allah forbid that somebody there's a charge against him and now the case is coming up and this could carry any kind of sentence maybe one year, ten years, Allah knows best what it could be. When a person has a charge against him and there's some case coming up, then his night and day is all consumed that thought. The most delicious food in front of him also loses its taste. 
And he'll be sitting and laughing and joking sometimes with his friends, but that's all on the surface. Outwardly he may be appearing to be laughing and joking, but ask his heart, his heart is somewhere else. His heart is that this case is coming up. Now, just maybe one month's time this case is coming up. And if this verdict has come against me, and to start off with I even know that I did the crime. So if this verdict comes against me, then it's going to be prison at the least. That prison life, even a few days in day is too much. Let alone a whole year and ten years. One person discharged a gun somewhere by mistake and he ended up killing somebody. So he was arrested immediately. And then they put him inside for about three or four days, five days, whatever it was, until he was bailed out. Whatever happened thereafter. So when he came out, he said to his friends that one day is enough to change your life forever. One day inside this place is enough. It leaves such a effect on you that it will never come out your whole life. So he was just there for a few days. It was too much. Now when a person has this reality in front of him that there is a case coming up, so his night and day is all consumed in it, he loses taste of his food, he is not interested in all the luxuries and comforts, the only thing that is consuming him is how can I get this record cleared? How can this verdict come in my favor, not against me? Now when this little dunya is such a thing for us, can we imagine the case of Qiyamah? Can we imagine that day when Allah Ta'ala says, اليوم نختم على أفواههم وتكلمنا أيديهم وتشهد أرجلهم بما كانوا يكسبون In the courts of dunya, a person did something and he stands there and he blatantly says, I didn't do it. A person in the courts of dunya, he comes and he makes a very fancy argument to take somebody else's right away. And in the courts of dunya, all kinds of things happen. But the court of akhirat, Allah Ta'ala says, اليوم نختم على أفواههم That in the dunya, you used your tongue to make your way out of things and you had the gift of the gab. So you could now just fool anybody and come out of any situation. But how long? Today, اليوم نختم على أفواههم Initially, we will even seal your mouth. وَتُكَلِّمُنَا أَيْدِيهِمْ and their hands will speak. Now when the hand will speak, what is the tongue going to be able to do now? What lie it can say now? What kind of distortion can it bring about? What gift of the gab is going to help it? That hand will speak. What the hand did? What it touched? Who it texted? What it held? وَتَشْهَدُ أَرْجُلُهُمْ And their legs will testify that where I was made to walk, which vice dens I had to tramp the floors on, and which haram place I was taken. And to the extent that the person's skin will bear testimony against him. And in bewilderment he will speak to his own skin when they will say to their own skin 
Why did you testify against me? What I was doing was for your pleasure. To give you the excitement. And now today you testifying against me? That skin will reply and say, Allah Ta'ala made us speak today. Allah Ta'ala made us speak that Allah who made everything speak today. Today nobody can get away from anything. Nobody can try and distort something. Nobody can try and hide the facts. Nobody can try to just sweep something under the carpet. Nobody can try to use the gift of the gab. All that for a while, sometimes in dunya, maybe a person can get away. But that too, Allah Ta'ala gives respite. Person is doing something, Allah Ta'ala is very tolerant. Allah Ta'ala is most merciful. This banda of mine will come back. Give him respite. Cover his fault. Allah Ta'ala covers it. The person realizes, I made a mistake. He makes sincere tawbah. He repents to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala keeps it covered. But then... Sometimes a person misunderstands the clemency of Allah Ta'ala. He misjudges and miscalculates what is actually taking place. Sometimes a person thinks, well this is actually you know, a free ride for me. I did it one time, I did it two times, I did it five times and I got away. So now, I'm so smart at it, I can cover my tracks so well, so why should I bother now? Whereas that was really only the rope and the clemency of Allah Ta'ala, the respite Allah Ta'ala was giving. Now the person misjudged that whole thing. He thought, I am so smart, I can cover my tracks so well, why bother now? So now he just goes headlong. And until everything just explodes in his face. Now it's too late to do anything. So Allah Ta'ala gives a lot of respite. But it's not so that a person now miscalculates that and takes wrong advantage of that. It is to come back to Allah Ta'ala. To come back to the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So, this aspect of gaining forgiveness of our sins is to save ourselves from the case of that day. And that case is a reality. And this is the reality of that case. That forget the tongue trying to lie anything. Every limb of the person's body will testify. So, when this is how severe that day is, and then is not some prison of this dunya, Allah forbid. Then is the fire of Jahannam. Once somebody asked Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that your uncle Abu Talib did so much for you, and he looked after you, he protected you, he was your support. But unfortunately, he left the dunya without iman. But all this help that he gave you, have you? Managed to do anything for him in return? Was there anything that you could benefit him? The Beast said, yes. Whatever he rendered to me in terms of his service, his help, his protection. So I have interceded on his behalf. As a result, he will be the one with the least punishment in the fire of Jahannam. But he won't get any salvation out of it because he went without Iman. So what will be this least punishment? He is the person who will have the lowest punishment in Jahannam. Nabi Salaam says that he will be given shoes of fire to wear. Bas. But the effect of this will be such that the brain in his head will be boiling. Like something on a stove, boiling water. 
and he will think that there is nobody with worse punishment, suffering worse punishment than himself. Whereas in reality, he would be getting the least of everybody's punishment. So when that is the kind of prison, Allah Ta'ala forbid, Allah Ta'ala save us, now a person has to be forever concerned that how can I keep my record clean? That on the day of Qiyamah, I'm not taken to task for anything. I'm insan, I'm a human being, I slip, I sometimes make mistakes, not to intend to make mistakes. But insan is insan, he can slip, he can fall sometimes. But when he falls to make that very, very sincere toba, not some lip service toba, to wet the musalla, to cry in front of Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, this I have done again. And I have made this promise with you that I would never do it and I broke it again. But Ya Allah, I am renewing this. On the one hand, not to lose hope, but not to take it for granted. That is the biggest mistake a person can make, is to take it for granted. That it happened one time, it happened five times, it happened ten times, nothing happened after that. But everything is carrying on fine. So it's carrying on fine, so why bother? Let life carry on. That is the biggest mistake a person can make to take it for granted. Yes, we are insan, we are weak, we can slip, we can fall, we can even sometimes get into some serious damage. But if a person sincerely turns to Allah Ta'ala, with that firm resolution not to go back to that evil, inshallah Allah Ta'ala will forgive him, will even conceal that. But when a person becomes bold, then that is a dangerous path. So in any case, these occasions come for Allah from Allah Ta'ala's side to give us this reminder that look, this case is coming. The day of court is coming soon. Your day in court will be there. So clear up things. Don't leave things and wait for it. Make the sincere tawbah. Take advantage of these opportunities. Embrace it with both hands. These amal that are coming is not just for that one moment. But there's a whole message with it. That keep the books clean. So in any case, this is the one great aspect of this day. That it is also an opportunity to get our sins forgiven. But at the same time, it is a message and a lesson. That we are supposed to be keeping this clear all the time. We are supposed to be keeping our record clean. By sincere tawbah, istighfar. The sahaba say that in one gathering, one sitting... Sometimes in one one sitting we would count more than hundred times Nabi Islam making istighfar. Allah's Nabi Islam ma'asum, sinless. And in one sitting more than hundred istighfar. How many istighfar we make? And what is our condition? So this is the lesson to keep the record clean by means of istighfar, excessive istighfar. Then the other aspect of the day of Ashura <coughs> is that Nabi Islam inquired from the when he came to Medina Munawwara, so when he was met, told that the Yehuda also fasting on this day, because Nabi Islam was fasting from before that, from Makkah Sharif he was fasting, on the 10th of Muharram. So Nabi Islam inquired from the Yehud, that why are you fasting? So they replied and said, that this was the day when Allah Ta'ala gave salvation to Musa Salam. And Musa Salam kept a fast out of thanksgiving, out of shukr. So we are also doing the same in emulation because we follow Musa salam. That's they claim, in reality they don't. Some things they do, but by and large they don't. So in any case, 
when they said this to Rasulullah sallallahu said to them, نحن أحق وأولى بموسى منكم. We are more closer to Musa salam and more worthy of emulating him than you. So Nabi sallallahu added this aspect into the fast as well. The aspect of thanksgiving for Musa salam's salvation. But in this is the lesson of shukr. The lesson of shukr for the ni'mats of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. So Imam Jafar Sadiq rahmatullahi he gave some nasihat to Sufyan Sauri rahmatullahi Great giants of the time. Sufyan Sauri rahmatullahi was a great muhaddis, faqih, the contemporary from Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi So he told him that if you want to maintain a ni'mat, a bounty, a blessing that Allah Ta'ala has given you, if you want to maintain it, then hold on to excessive shukr. Because Allah Ta'ala has Himself promised, la in shakartum la azidannakum. That if you are grateful, I will increase the ni'mat. So let alone it being maintained, it will get increased also. And then the second advice He gave him, that and if you see any delay in rizq coming to you, this is a giant of the time, Imam Jafar Sadiq Rahmatullah He's saying if you see rizq being delayed in getting to you, then engage in excessive istighfar. The same istighfar again. Because Allah Ta'ala has already made it clear in the Quran Sharif. Istaghfiru rabbakum thumma tubu ilayhi innahu kana ghaffara. يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ بِذْرَارًا وَيُمْدِدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَالِهُ وَبَنِينَ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا That make sincere tawbah and istighfar. Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving. When you will make sincere tawbah and istighfar, Allah Ta'ala will send down the rains. Allah Ta'ala will bless you with progeny. And with fruit. And fruit is a very comprehensive thing. وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتِ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا Allah Ta'ala will make the rivers flow for you. And all the good will come. When? Based on this istighfar. So in any case, this lesson of shukr. Shukr is a very, very great thing. Unfortunately, we neglect it. If we can achieve the reality of shukr, the reality of shukr and depression can't go together. If a person has achieved the reality of shukr, depression can't come anywhere close by. Because every fiber of the heart will be forever expressing this greatness of Allah Ta'ala and be elated. Because when a person is happy, then he is grateful. So likewise, when a person is grateful, he will be happy. When a person is very happy, he is thanking the person, Jazakallah, you did this for me, and whatever, somebody brought something for him, or he was in a predicament, some problem, somebody came and helped him out, now he's very happy, so now he can't stop thanking the person. So when he is happy, he is grateful. It works the other way around also. When he is sincerely grateful, genuinely grateful, he'll be happy. Dunya is dunya, there are challenges in dunya. Because in everything, there is something positive that he can take out of it. There was one person, he was a wazir of one king, minister of one king. So now some people have some, as they call it, takya kalam. Everything, that same statement will come out. 
But this person's takya kalam wasn't just takya kalam. It wasn't just some statement that he would repeat. It had reality in it. His takya kalam and his statement that he would keep, anything happens, bahut acha hua. Very good. Whatever happened, very good. Now it so happened one day that the king by chance something happened, his finger got cut. When his finger got cut, again this fellow blurted the same thing. Obviously that wasn't the occasion to say that. He said, bahut acha hua. Kings are kings. In one minute the king can become so happy with the person, he'll put him on the sky and then the slightest thing will annoy him sometimes, he'll put him underground also. So the king got very upset. Is this the time to say something like this? Send him to prison. So now when the guards came to take him to prison, he said, bahut acha hua. So in any case, they threw him into prison. The next day the king went out on a hunting expedition. And this used to be a common thing now that suddenly when the prey is spotted, now everybody is darting behind the prey and sometimes kings used to be even more bold and everybody would be far in front of everyone. And they would sometimes get separated from the whole group. That's what happened. This king got separated from his group. Now he's alone. So now he's waiting in some place now that just now that he got lost completely. So as he's waiting there, some people came and they caught hold of him. These people were cannibals. But now these cannibals also, like just as Qurbani time, we check the animal out, everything is fine, the ear is not cut. They also had their own maslas. So they saw this fellow's finger cut, they know it doesn't qualify. Leave him. So they let him go. In any case, after some time, people found him, they brought him back, everybody is very happy. He is very happy, but then he remembered the wazir, he called that wazir, bring him back. So he says, the wazir said, MashaAllah, Allah Ta'ala saved you, you came back. He says, very well. So he says, now I realize that when my finger got cut, you said, bahut acha hua. So now I understood why. That if I was not cut, then these people would have eaten me up. So that little bit that I got cut saved me. He said, yes, alhamdulillah. He says, okay, that's one part of it. But when you got thrown into prison on that too, you said, Bada Chawa, that I still didn't understand. So he said, well, you know how it is, that even no matter what happens, I am at your heels. Come what may, wherever you are, I am there. So when you got separated from the group, I would have been still been with you. And if I was with you, they would have discarded you because your finger was cut, but I would have been eaten alive. So I got thrown into prison, that too, Bada Chawa. Otherwise, I would have been with you. So now, whether this is some story just for the moral, Allah knows best. But the point is that in everything, there is some good that can come out of it. If we really truly focus on it. There are so many incidents. The incidents in the Quran Sharif, in fact, mentioned that Khizr al-Islam went with Musa al-Islam, lengthy incident. We don't have time to go into that. But that ship, that boat, Musa al-Islam or Khizr al-Islam damaged it that damage became the means of saving it. So sometimes, outwardly, something seems to be negative. We don't know the hikmat of Allah Ta'ala. That in that, there's so much of positive in it for us. But we don't make shukar. And if we keep making shukar from the depth of our heart, on the na'mats of Allah Ta'ala, then we will see how this, all this depression and tension and everything will become something of the past. And besides that, this great ibadat, how close it can take us to Allah Ta'ala. 
So this is the second very major lesson of Ashura. And then the third lesson, that in the hadith Nabi Wasallam is also reported to have said, when the Sahaba brought it to the attention of Nabi Wasallam that the Yahud are fasting on this day also. So we are also fasting, they are fasting, we are resembling them. So Nabi Wasallam said to them, Sumu Ashura wa Khaliful Yahud. You continue fasting. You're not fasting because of them. So don't worry about that. But despite that, still don't resemble them outwardly. Sumu yawman qablahu aw yawman ba'du. You oppose them. You fast one day before or after as well. So now you are fasting two days, they are fasting one day. You are not resembling them even outwardly. Though your intention is not to resemble them in any way. You are not fasting because of them. Now this lesson of mukhalifat, of opposing the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. This is a lesson of this occasion. One is to oppose them in our external ways. The other is to oppose them in their mindset, in their heart. Not to adopt their mindset. What is the mindset of the Yahud? Dunya is the be all and end all. Every focus is of the dunya. They also pray. They also pray. They also pray when they want to. Though that prayer of theirs is of no consequence, no benefit to them in the akhirat in any way. But they also pray. But dunya is their object. And that prayer of theirs will get fit, will fit in whenever and wherever it can. But dunya will dictate. If that prayer can happen, it will happen. Otherwise, it will be discarded. Is that the same thing in our minds and hearts? The dunya will dictate. If dunya gives me the chance to be performing my salah, well and good. Otherwise, we do it later. And if you don't do it, you don't do it too. Then this is the mindset of the Yahud. And in this way, there's so many things. In our day-to-day life, if you look at the general dressing, appearance, and the way the functions are held, the way so many things are done, the sunnah of Rasulullah is what is our way. That is what we have to be doing. That is what we have to be aspiring for. And that is the most perfect way. There cannot be anything close to it also. And it is akmal, the most perfect. It is ajmal, the most beautiful. And it is ashal, it is the easiest thing to do also. Often we give this example just to understand it very simply. That one is the sunnah dressing. Now it is something easily adaptable for any climate. And one is the western attire of the suit and tie and so on. Now it's a boiling hot day. The person has to be walking wherever outside or something, working outside. And he is sweating, but he has to still keep choking himself. And he has to be suited and booted in that particular manner. So now, come what may, he just has to bear that. Now he's suffering in it, but he says, well, that's how it is. But now, for example, it's a hot day. So a person is wearing his sunnah libas, and now he's feeling hot, so he decides to wear his sandals or chumples or whatever. Nobody feels anything out of place about it. 
Now, can you imagine a person in his suit and boot and his eyes wearing his chumpul and go? Well, there's no boot, he's wearing his chumpuls. His suit and tie and his chumpuls. MashaAllah, they say, this fellow here, he needs an appointment. Now, it sounds very, very humorous maybe, but the reality is that this is the, the whole issue in it, that how the mind is now totally taken in a different direction, something that has no, nothing in it. It's total suffering in every way. The cost of it is suffering. To wait is a suffering. And yet the person feels this is it. Now this is how the mind just gets overcome by all the things that are around us, the environment, the media, and whatever the... Or sometimes it might not be that, it might be some other kind of garment which... If that person was the only person told to wear it, nobody else is wearing it. The immediate reaction on many occasions would be, this is the only person, only you wear this, some kind of whatever it is, all those funny styles. So his immediate reaction would be, you think I'm mad? But when it becomes fashion, then he's also wearing it. Now the same question he should be asking now. What have I become? If I was the only one, then I'm mad. And if hundred people are doing it, then I'm fine. No, then it means the whole group is what I was thinking. If I was thinking that initially, then it applies across the board. And whereas the sunnah of Rasulullah in every facet of life, it has all the best in it, the most perfect way, and the easiest, and the most beneficial in every way. Though we, wouldn't, we are not obliged to know all the hikmat and the wisdom, not obliged to know the benefit, it's there. But what is something that is given to us by Nabi Wasallam is for us to take wholeheartedly. And we will see the benefits. So in any case, these occasions come, they come with these lessons. We have heard these things before as well. The issue is to what extent have we taken this into our lives? How much we have imbibed of it? How much we have started getting closer to it? That is the thing that we have to be now bringing into ourselves. The lessons that we discussed was the aspect of this istighfar, seeking forgiveness, being concerned about akhirat, the day of qiyamah. What answer am I going to give? And how far is that qiyamah? How far is that qiyamah? One qiyamah is very far maybe. Allah knows best how far. But the other qiyamah, we don't know how close it is. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Man mata, faqad qamat qiyamatuhu. The person who passes away, his qiyamah has begun. The person who has passed away, faqad qamat qiyamatuhu. His qiyamah has begun. So that qiyamah can start any moment. It could be now. Nobody's got the guarantee we'll leave out from this masjid alive. Nobody got the guarantee. So we have to be concerned about that. Keeping our records clean with istighfar, toba, and the aspect of shukr, the aspect of the mukhalifat and the opposing of the ways of the Yehud. These are the things that we should be bringing in our lives and encouraging our families and making an effort in the ummah as well. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil